Hello and welcome to the first ever episode of Choral Connectivity, a people-first approach to singing. This podcast is going to explore philosophies that are grounded in this core mission that beautiful music really comes from when people are feeling connected. And that can mean so many different things in so many different ways. And I am so looking forward to exploring this with you and trying out this new medium uh, of a podcast through doing that. And I hope that you are inspired and that you can share your thoughts with me as well. The intro and outro music to this podcast were actually written by a student of mine, uh, Anthony Samuel. He goes by Casa, and you can look up his album Better Days on iTunes and Spotify and anywhere you listen to music, and I highly recommend you do it. So today's first episode is about a subject that I am incredibly passionate about, and my organization, the South Shore Children's Chorus, has no auditions ever, not for kindergarten through the 12th grade. And I'm here to tell you why. I think it's a really important part of our philosophy, and I think it's a philosophy that I would like to see more adopted widely in America when it comes to choral singing, especially with children and community singers. I wrote a blog post on this subject that I'm going to read from and also just kind of add a few of my thoughts into as we go along here uh, in this episode. And I just want to thank everyone out there who read my blog post and who commented and agreed or even disagreed and did so respectfully. I think that that's uh, really cool how much it sparked this conversation among so many choral directors from different backgrounds, from different choruses in different parts of the country. And I'm really looking forward to kind of seeing what extrapolating on that in this medium might also bring to the discussion board uh, here as choral directors and really thinking about where we want our future to be. So why do choral directors feel the need to audition their singers prior to them joining the ensemble? Community and children's choir singers are often too afraid of auditions to even show up, no matter how inviting you make it. Popular TV shows like American Idol and The Voice and America's Got Talent show film footage of hundreds of thousands of people lined up, excited to audition and get told by the professionals if they have it or they don't. Society has sent us this message loud and clear. Singing is innate. Either you are born good or born bad. And that's it. Years ago, when SSCC was a brand new baby organization, we offered programs for very young children. A four-year-old child came to rehearsal and had a blast. Afterwards, the mother came up to me and asked, so in your expert opinion, what do you think? Does she have the talent to really do this? I was flabbergasted. She was four Of course she should participate in this activity. She has fun and loves to sing. I couldn't even fathom how this young mother was asking me this question. Upon reflection, however, I realized it was absolutely not her fault. 
This mother had seen viral video after viral video of children her daughter's age already at a prodigy level musically. This mother had watched as daytime TV personalities invite young child after young child to sing on national television because of their, and I quote, talent. Her child wasn't even in public school yet to get a general education in music, and she didn't consider herself musical, but wanted to try it out for her kid. But society sent her this message loud and clear. If your daughter isn't good at this by a young age, she will never be. Don't waste your time. Now, I'm going to take a break here from reading for just one second because I think we all know at some level that music in our society has really become only for the select few at least in the eyes and the ears of the general public. Um, the amount of times I've heard a parent say, oh, singing's her thing. I can't hold a tune in a bucket. And yet I go to my yoga class uh, and we do the om at the end and everyone's matching pitch. But none of those people would consider themselves singers. None of those people might consider themselves musicians. In fact, they'll just tell you how bad they are. And I think as a society, we really need to start looking into other ways to involve people in music other than music creation, um, but really music appreciation and what that means on a societal level but I'm not going to totally go into that right now because that's not <laughs> the direction this specific episode is going. But it's just something to think about really when you're teaching and you have that general music class, really be thinking, okay, these, these students might not be ensemble participants, but they can still become lifelong music appreciators if I can approach this in the right way. Okay, back to the blog post. In education, growth mindset is all around us, in math, science, English, even in playing musical instruments. But for some reason, because our voice is inside of us and a part of our bodies, talent mindset takes over. I have heard parents complain about the off-key singing of their child and claiming that their child is just not a singer. <laughs> the next day I'll see a social media post from that same parent outside in the backyard setting the wiffle ball tee up over and over again until their child finally gets a hit. The post raves on about teaching their child about perseverance and never giving up. Why is singing so different? I am certainly not the first music educator or choral conductor to notice this trend in societal thinking about singing. And yet, I am so often shocked at how little we are doing to change the tide. In fact, I would propose that many of the logistical processes of our choruses actually encourage this type of thinking. I see community choruses, children's choruses, and school choruses with slogans that all are welcome, but really, are they? Are singers who do not match pitch yet welcome? Are folks who are too nervous to audition welcome? 
Are people who have never sung in a chorus before but want to try it out welcome? Are singers with a considerable amount of anxiety or mental health issues welcome? Because quite frankly, if you are auditioning singers, they aren't. I have this conversation with choral colleagues on numerous occasions. I say, South Shore Children's Chorus is super unique because it's a choir with no audition requirement. And my colleague will answer, well, we don't really have an audition. It's more like a voice placement. Everybody gets in and they can sing whatever they want. They don't even have to sight read. Does the singer have to sing alone? If so, then it's an audition, it's scary, and it's going to exclude people. The term voice placement might sound softer than audition, but ultimately it doesn't make the singer any less anxious if they are nervous to sing alone. And if the singer has no experience whatsoever prior to meeting you, you might as well call your audition talent checking. Now, I want to take a quick moment to just pause my blog reading here and chat a little bit about why we even feel the necessity, and I'm going to go into this in my blog post a little bit, but to audition singers. I think it's really interesting because when you are in a chorus, you're not actually expected to sing alone. And yet, in order to get into the chorus, you have to sing alone. And that just seems really paradoxical to me. It, it, it doesn't make sense that we're requiring them to do something to get in that we don't expect them to do. Now, if there is a solo opportunity and you want to audition for that solo opportunity because, yes, they do have to sing alone, then to me that makes sense. But... Why do we have to have them sing alone when the expectation is not to sing alone at all? In fact, I might argue that there will be singers or might be singers that will be better for your chorus or a better sound for your chorus because they are less comfortable singing alone and their voices might match and connect with other voices in a more natural way than someone who is excited about singing alone and a more naturalistic solo singer. And of course, I use these terms, you know, better. That's something I want to get into at some point. That's not today, because really, what is better? Um, There's so much to unpack there. But I would just really think, couldn't there be a logistical process that we could come up with as a, a field, as people in this career, that actually reflects what we expect the chorister to do rather than requiring them to do something that they could sing with us for 5, 10, 15, 20 years and never do, and that would be okay. I have story after story, case after case of child singers ages 18 and under who came to us with no choral experience, who love to sing now, but would have never shown up if the first impression they had to make was singing alone. Many of those singers went on to be soloists with the group, gaining so much confidence and experience from ensemble singing and a supportive environment that they felt totally comfortable singing alone for an audience. 
Many of these singers also struggle with anxiety, social anxiety, performance anxiety, you name it. But SSCC has managed to create an environment for them that allows them to be totally themselves, to grow, and to get better. But really the question is, why do choral conductors feel the need to audition their community or school ensemble? Here's a couple things. So conductors feel the need to audition their ensemble to better understand, number one, a singer's range. Number two, any vocal issues, including pitch matching ability. Number three, the singer's personality. And number four, the singer's sight reading ability. But I challenge you to ask yourself, can any or all of these be done within the rehearsal process? I reckon it can, and here's how. So when you're thinking about the singer's range, while warming up your chorus, ask people to drop out and give a signal when they feel uncomfortable singing either too high or too low. This will give you a really strong idea where they need to go in terms of their technique without having to voice test them individually in terms of range. When it comes to vocal issues or or pitch matching ability, use a simple canon or warm-up melody and teach the entire chorus the excerpt. Then have smaller groups. I like to use vocal sections, but it just depends on the size of your chorus. Sing the canon or warm-up with just their section. This will help your ear to isolate any vocal issues that you may need to address without individuals having to do it. If you want to get to know a singer's personality, the best way to do it is an icebreaker. After almost two years of all of us in isolation, icebreakers are the new way of the world. Find some way to use rehearsal time to get to know your singers and have them get to know each other. And yes, I said use rehearsal time. If you do not have enough rehearsal time for icebreakers, you aren't programming correctly and you need to cut down the amount of music you are preparing because community building is an integral part of this process. And if it's skipped, your chorus will suffer. When thinking about sight reading for singers in a rehearsal process, testing sight reading is easy. Just have the singer start sight reading a piece of music along with the piano If they look confused or are looking up off of the page, they probably don't read music well. If they're singing confidently and looking at the page, they have experience and literacy ability. This one's really not that difficult to figure out in a rehearsal setting if you just pay attention. But then I'll get this response. But what if the singer really needs work? Having a singer who isn't matching pitch or struggling may bring down the level of my ensemble and cause some of my better singers to quit. If this is your thought process, check yourself before you wreck yourself. This is on you. Breaking down this elitist thinking is dependent on your leadership. If you are this afraid of the quality of your ensemble, and your better singers are this fragile in commitment to the group, you have bigger fish to fry. I want to take a minute to pause from reading right here because a few people who read my blog post and didn't totally agree with with this kind of philosophy, one of the most common disagreements I got was, you know, well, the singers who are more advanced, if they are in a program that doesn't 
cater to that advancement, then they're going to be bored or the new singers will be overwhelmed. And that's why we audition or voice place because we want to make sure that no one's bored and no one's overwhelmed. But I, I really do want to kind of bring into this picture that if your singers are bored or your singers are overwhelmed, you have the power to change that. You are in charge of your classroom culture. I have had totally different singers from totally different experience levels singing together, and all of them are engaged in the rehearsal. And the way I kind of get this happening is because I I so believe in this philosophy that because I accept everyone where they are, my students see this is the culture. So yes, there are advanced students that some pieces will be musically less challenging for them. I've never had them bored in my classroom. That doesn't make them bored because I don't believe it should bore them. And if there is a singer who's singing something that's past the range that they thought they could do, I make it really, really accessible for them. And in that culture, then they don't get overwhelmed because that's the culture I have the power of setting within my own rehearsal as a choral conductor. So I just really encourage you to kind of break down that mold of thinking of they'll be bored or it'll be too easy or it'll be too hard. And really just remember that you set that tone and that is so important going forward. I also want to address another disagreement I got in various uh, Facebook groups. And this came up from about three or four different people. And it was, well, if you put my newer slash younger slash beginning singers in with my older slash more experienced singers, uh, they would just be totally unsuccessful. And I don't disagree with you. They would be totally un, uh, totally unsuccessful, sorry. Um, and the reason they would be totally unsuccessful is because that's not the culture that I'm kind of talking about building here. No, if you randomly combined your groups tomorrow in the culture that you've built at your school, yeah, it's not going to work. It's going to feel awkward, and that's not going to be a successful place for you as the teacher. And it's not going to be a successful place for the students. What I'm kind of discussing here is just kind of a whole overhaul of that culture. And when we overhaul that culture and we spend time and years in creating that culture of inclusivity, then and only then do we start to see this philosophy kind of work. South Shore Children's Chorus has been this way from the beginning, from when people stepped in our door starting in 2016, it was the same expectation. You come, you sing, we figure it out. So I never at any point said, oh, I'm going to take this high level, you know, more experienced group and smush it with this low level, less experienced group. It was everybody's coming. They're this age. They're in this chorus. So, you know, I I would just encourage everybody to think about this a little more creatively. You say may or, that this philosophy may or may not work for you in 
a structure that I believe should be broken down. So yes, it won't work in that structure because it's not meant to. I'm talking about restructuring so that singing alone is not a requirement in a group where you never have to sing alone. But for now, let me get back to reading and finish this out. If a quality performance, which in this instance we'll define as a musically perfect performance, though I have seen many quality performances that are not musically perfect, is your mission, then so be it. But maybe inclusivity isn't the best word to use in the mission statement of your chorus. Now, am I saying that we need to abolish auditions entirely? Surely not. Holding auditions at the professional level for your ensemble absolutely do your thing. Perhaps one might argue that audition skills are important to teach to all singers. However, how many of our community or school-level singers are truly going to head out into the world and become professionals or move on to sing at a more advanced level where they'll need to just crush an audition? Probably only a handful, if that. Not every choral singer needs to have the skill of auditioning well. In fact, I'd venture to say that a hefty amount of people who call themselves choral singers have no intention of ever singing alone. And that's totally okay. I was a college music major, and I've sung at the professional level many times. Even so, since graduating college eight years ago, I have only auditioned twice. That's it. Just two times. Auditions are not something I am experiencing daily as a professional musician, and yet we pretend like it's this all-important skill that every singer in our choruses needs to learn. Sure, if the singer wants to be a performer on stage regularly, they'll need more practice, but let's save the teaching of the skill for those who really need it. The South Shore Children's Chorus has never had auditions for our ensembles. The result? An inclusive environment where everyone, even those with anxiety or minimal experience, is welcome. How? Easy. Three words. Music for all. The SSCC staff believes that to our core. We also have the skill, experience, and confidence necessary to teach with that mission at the forefront. We know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if a child shows up in our ensembles that wants to learn to sing, that we can help them grow from wherever they currently are, and we don't need to hear them sing happy birthday to do it. In a week from tomorrow, we are going to have children showing up at our door from a wide range of experiences, some who have never sung, some who have only sung in the safety of their bedroom, and some who have been singing in our chorus for years. But guess what? They're all welcome. And when we model this inclusivity for them, they begin to truly accept each other. Elitism has no place at SSCC. Whoever you are, whatever you experience, you are just as important to our ensemble as your neighbor. It's inclusive. Everyone is welcome. End of story. 
So this fall, as you're preparing your processes for your chorus, I would really encourage you to think about that audition. Is it something that you really feel that you need? Is being inclusive an important part of your chorus's mission? Or are you looking to be exclusive to only those who have the courage to even try to show up to your audition? Think about that. And hopefully, I've changed your mind just a little bit. Thanks so much for listening. And as always, continue being inspiring, innovative, caring, committed, and passionate about bringing singing to all people. Have a great week, and I'll see you next week.